Would you turn with me to two openings, please, this morning? If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Maybe you have several at home, but you just didn't bring one with you. Raise your hand. Our ushers will uh, be glad to get one to you. We'll loan you one of ours this morning. And turn to Romans, the 8th chapter, and 2 Corinthians, 13th chapter. In Romans, the 8th chapter, and then also we're going to 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we have been ministering on Sunday mornings on the Spirit-led life. The Spirit-led life. I actually have instructions from the Lord from a year or so ago. The Lord gave me three directives to do in the church. He said, teach the people how to love each other. And so y'all know we camped on that for months. And we're not through with that. You understand? We just, you're digesting that and putting that into practice. And we will be back to that. And then we spent months on uh, how to live and walk by faith. And of course, you know, you're going to hear some of that every time you show up here. Shouldn't be surprised. Faith Life Church is on the front, right? People say, all those faith people, you go, thank you, yes. Like somebody said about us a while back, it's that, that's that rich church. We said, say it again. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> yeah, that faith, those faith people. Yeah, thank you. But then the Lord also directed me, teach how to be led by the Spirit. And I believe this is absolutely one of the most important things you can ever learn in this life is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You can learn all kind of things. Do you understand? You can learn faith principles and still be a failure. You can learn truths about having authority in the name of Jesus. You can learn prayer principles. You can learn many things and still be a failure. Because you cannot successfully separate any of these things, like faith, from being led by the Spirit. You can't separate exercising faith from being led by the Spirit. People try to do it all the time. It's why charismatics and Word and Faith Pentecostal people have gotten in trouble, messed up, and, and been confused about things. For instance, we're on our paid in full vision. I've told you this before, but it'll bear repetition. You know, we started out believing for 500 seats paid for. Were you here? Did you remember that? We said, all right, we claim 500, which is half a million dollars, 500,000. We claim that. Well, why did somebody might say, well, why didn't you just claim the whole thing? Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you just come write us a check? You know, there's a lot of people that are real strong on what you ought to do. And it's amazing how all many different people can hear from God for you. But they're not hearing for themselves. And they're not doing anything themselves. Oh, but they got counsel for you. <laughs> no, folk need to hear from God for themselves. And they need to walk it out and do it. And let's see the fruit of it. Amen. But uh, we claimed uh, 500,000. Well, why didn't you claim a million? Why didn't you claim two? Why didn't you claim all of it? Why didn't you claim it all to come in in a week? Well, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
Isn't it? God can do anything. All things are possible to him that believeth. Why didn't you just claim it all to come in before the sun went down that day? We don't receive according to God's ability. We don't even receive according to God's perfect will. We receive not according to what God can do. We receive according to what we can believe. According to our faith. And your faith is not where you wish it would be. It's where it is. It's kind of like lifting weights. I've lifted weights some in my life, but not as much lately as I have in in years past. Years past, I was lifting pretty heavy. But now, if you put me on the bench and you said, let's load that bar and put 450 on there. Well, outside of a sign and a wonder... I know I'm not doing that right now. My muscles are not there. They are where they are. But how could I get to the 450 or 400 or whatever? How could I get there? Start where I am right now. Use what I've got now. Push. If I could only push 100 pounds, I believe I could do better than that. But but if, if I could only push 100, well, push the 100. Right? No need loading the bar with 500 pounds. That's just going to discourage me. Right? No need just claiming 5 million in a day if we're not there. You're better off claiming $25. If that's where you are and getting it in, now you're encouraged. The $25 came in. Now let's believe for 50 or 100 or whatever it is. And if you keep uh, feeding your faith and keep exercising it, you'll get to the place what formerly looked impossible to you now looks easy. Was it Brother George Mueller who said when he first started begin using his faith, you know, he had all these orphanages that, that he eventually believed God for. And he said when he first started in the ministry, it took all the faith he had to believe for one dollar. This was many years ago. Dollar was a lot more than it is now. But he said after feeding his faith and exercising it, how, how long was it, did he say? Was it 50 years? He said it's just as easy for him to believe for a million now as it used to be for him to believe for one dollar. I heard Brother Kenneth Hagin say similar type things. But you can't live off of somebody else's faith. You've got to operate on yours Amen. where you are. How much do I believe for? What do we do now? What step do we take? All these things and, and a million and, a, and one other questions are answered with this. Be led. Amen. What do we claim today? What do we believe for right now? Be led. How? Well, a lot of folk don't know and that's why we're camping on it. Romans 8. Are you there? Romans 8. Our text is the 14th verse. Romans 8 and 14. Oh, I like this verse. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Read it out loud with me, why don't you? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I think we should do it again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons 
of God. Now when he says sons of God, you understand that's male and female. And can sons of God expect to be led by the Spirit of God? We, we've been reading the Bible through together as a church. Right? I mean, everybody at Faith Life Church. Everybody. Come on, am I right? Everybody. No exceptions. Everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter in the New Testament every day. Monday through Friday. Every day. Everybody. And we just finished reading Acts together not long ago. And uh, we saw in the book of Acts, which called the Acts of the Apostles, but that's a, a name men gave to that. I think probably maybe a better name would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit Amen. through the church. And we see uh, every page, the Holy Spirit this and the Holy Spirit that. Holy Spirit said this. Holy Spirit uh, agreed with this. Holy, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit forbade them this. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. How many understand the Holy Spirit was very real to them? Amen. In all of their, I mean, in the church things and in their daily things, the Holy Spirit was real to them. Were they being led by the Spirit? Yes. Guided, directed. Should we today? Be just as led. Amen. If not more so, the church should be developing in these things. Led and directed by the Spirit of God. But the truth is, many, many, uh, we're not even talking about people that don't serve God now, but even Christian people. So many Christian people, that they don't even know to look to the Holy Spirit to be led. They are head led. Reasoning led. Feeling and emotion led. Now that you don't learn that overnight, but you ought not be led by your feelings. You say, well, I just, I just feel like they don't like me. That's not a leading. I'm not going over there because I just feel like they don't like me. That's not a leading. That's a feeling. And if you're led by your feelings, oh, you're going to miss God. You're going to miss out on so much. It's also being selfish. What if they don't like you? For real. Whoop-de-doo. The world still goes around. Right? (laughs) You can still get past it. Amen. It could change. Amen. If you love on them enough, love never fails. I said love, just just love them. They like you less. You love them more. Watch and see. It cannot fail. But people are money-led. Oh, dear me. I mean, we don't like to think so, but preachers and laity alike make decisions and plan their year according to money. They don't go here because of not enough money. They do go here because maybe you get more money. They have this, money. Don't do this, no money. Well, friend, that's how you miss it. Everybody said out loud, I refuse to be led by money. People still don't know how to be led by the Spirit. Uh, I mean, you got people still putting out fleeces. You must say, what's wrong with that? Everything. You must say, well, Gideon did. Gideon was not even born again. You couldn't tell Gideon, well, brother, just be led about that. How? (laughs) Now, it was okay for him to put out a fleece, and God dealt with him and confirmed something to him through external, physical things, but you and I, are not to live a life directed by external physical things. We're not to be led externally, period. We're to be led internally. 
But you still got Christians that talk in tongues. Go, Lord, Lord, if this is you now, let five red trucks pass by my house. One right behind another. And this will be my son. Somebody said, well, I prayed like that. And the Lord's done things like that. I know God has mercy on babies. But you best grow up. And you best learn not to do that because the enemy is in this physical realm. And he can do things. Did you hear me? Don't be led by external things. Be led internally. Internally. Well, now, Lord, if you want me to do this, then open the door. Well, that's not altogether bad. But, Lord, if you don't want me to do it, shut the door. You've got to watch that. What do you mean? What, do, what does that boil down to? How are you going to know whether this was God for you to do it or not? It's going to boil down to external things. Right? No. You need to be able to come to a door. And if it's shut, bolted, and locked and barred. You don't just assume it's not the will of God. You stand there and go, Lord, you want me to go through here? And if he does, you stand there and believe God and speak to it till it opens up. On the other hand, let's say you got two double wide doors open and ushers there inviting you in. Does that mean you're supposed to go through? You don't just go through automatically. Listen, we are not to be led by opportunities. Did you hear me? An opportunity is not a leading. Oh, friends, can you see we've got some more to learn in these areas? If I'd been led by opportunities, just in my few years walking with the Lord, I'd have been song minister at about 20 different churches. I'd have been a missionary in four different continents. (laughs) I'd have been any number of things, messed up, missed God. We're not led by opportunities. We're not to be led by feelings, our emotions, our likes, our dislikes. I've learned and am learning to say with the Master, I delight to do thy will, O God. What does that mean? He's smarter than I am. I can get to looking at something thinking, now that's not my call. Mm -mm, No, that's not my thing. No, sir. Nope, don't want to ever do that. And the Lord says, I want you to do that. And you go, right. I mean, now that there that you say so, I'm liking it by the minute. <laughs> and your head says, uh-uh, no, you say, shut up, head. If he likes it, I like it. Or if you're all primed and said, you know, oh, Lord, I want this. I want to do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this. Oh, yeah. And the Lord says, no, I don't like this for you. You go, right. Ah, now that you mention it, I don't even like it anymore. You can do that as an act of your will. I, I will to agree with him. Amen. That's not being led by your feelings. It's not being led by your desires. It's not being led by your reasoning, your intellect, by circumstances, by any of this. Nor are we just led by other people's prophecies. Hmm? Even in recent times, we've had several uh, letters and several reports of people that did things that folks supposedly prophesied and told them to do. And now they're, they're broke and they're in trouble and they don't know what to do. And I don't understand. You know, they prophesy. Well, hey, maybe somebody missed it. Amen. <laughs> that doesn't seem to occur to people. Maybe somebody missed it. Well, yeah, but they're a prophet. Said who? Well, they told me they were. Okay. <laughs> 
Maybe they is. Maybe they ain't. But even prophets and prophetesses can miss it. They can blow it. Miss it big time. That's why prophecies, all prophecies must be judged. I said all prophecies are to be judged. I said all prophecies. I don't care if I prophesied to you. I don't care who prophesied to you. It's supposed to be judged, number one, by this book, and number two, by the witness that you have inside you. Why? I've seen good people, even good people, start out prophesying, and the first part was God. And the middle part was a mixture of them and God. And the last part was just them. Did you hear me? Just because somebody stands up and says, Thus saith the Lord. Does not mean you go deaf, dumb, and blind and just swallow it all and go, oh, God has spoken. Well, you have God in you. Judge this thing. Let's see if it's God or not. Amen. 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 And that's another subject, another topic. Be led by the Spirit of God inside you. Children of God can expect to be led by what? Sons of God led by the Spirit of God. Now, uh, for time's sake... We won't turn to 2 Corinthians. I've been taking all these side journeys. But just go on down to verse 16 in the same chapter. Verse 16. It says, this, well, let me read uh, verse 15. That goes with it. He said, you have not received the spirit of bondage. How many know the Holy Ghost does not put you in bondage? He makes you free. Again, to fear. The Holy Ghost doesn't put you in fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption. The Holy Ghost makes you feel like you belong. When the spirit of God is manifest with people or with family or with church, it's not a cold place. It's a warm place. Amen. How many believe Faith Life Church family, I'm asking you, are we going to excel at hospitality? Huh? Yes, you are. That's one reason you're believing for a store of money and time. Right? So you can minister to people. You know we're in a, in a fun place in Branson. And a lot of people like to come through and drop in. And, and go see shows. And go play. And go fish. And come to church. But a lot of times God's got it set up for them to get more than what they thought. Amen? Because they drop in here and sit by you. Next thing you know. You've loved on them and bought them a dress or a pair of shoes and fed them and, and did something wonderful for them. And they're going, man, God is good. And even if they were discouraged, they leave encouraged. If they felt weak, they leave strengthened. Can you say amen? And God's using you. You. Not just me. You. All of us. You. You to do these kind of things. We, we should excel. At hospitality and be warm because the spirit of adoption, the spirit that makes you feel like you're a part, the spirit that makes you feel like you belong is in us. He said, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit itself, or as most of your modern translations say himself, which is a good translation, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Read that again. Think about it. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, we gave you three R's or R's, depending on what part of the country you're from, of uh, 
becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to begin to get into number two some today. Anybody remember what those three R's are? We started out by saying recognize. And I told you the Lord got me up early in the morning and said wrong. That's not number one. That's number two. Number one is respect or reverence the Holy Spirit. Number two is realize or recognize him. And number three, you must respond to him. These three words cover a lot of ground. Reverence, recognize, respond. And number one is really faith. You don't respect someone you don't even believe is there. Right? So you see it comes right back to faith. Why do you and I come in here and we pray, we lift up our voices and we sing? Who are we talking to? I'm not talking to you. You're not talking to me when we're worshiping God and we're praying and we're praising God and praise to him. We must believe he's here. And we reverence his word and we reverence his spirit. Why? We believe he's here. We believe he's real. That's all by faith, isn't it? And that is the beginning of understanding. It is the beginning of knowledge. It is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, the the reverence and the respect. And we, we shouldn't, you know, be in a hurry to get past this because this is the beginning of us getting knowledge and understanding and wisdom from Him. We must reverence Him and respect Him. When He starts talking, we should be quiet. Right? When He's doing something, we shouldn't be doing something else. When he deals with us, we should give him time, we should give him audience, we should give him our full, undivided attention. There's been times uh, uh, when I've been in the office at different places and different times in my ministry, and somebody came in or somebody called, even people I would consider important people. But I didn't see them right then, because the Holy Ghost was talking to me. I didn't take the call right then. Because he was he was dealing with me. Did you hear me? Amen. And he's more important than anybody else. Amen. Anybody. Amen. See, see, this is not real to us like like it should be. Because people just come in and interrupt people praying and interrupt them in in times of devotion with their Bible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not real to them. We have room to grow in these areas, don't Amen. we? But if you want the Holy Ghost to be real to you. And you want to be led by the Spirit, you must develop in this area of reverence and respect for Him. In Hebrews 11, why don't you turn there? I'll take just a a few minutes like I had extra time today. (laughs) But uh, we ought to have time to follow Him. Hebrews, you know I used to say, I said it for years. Till he corrected me. I'd get to talking about something and I'd say, well, now, you know, this is not my message. But, and I'd spend 30 minutes on it, you know. Well, this is not my message. But, one day I remember it distinctly. The Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice. But he said, son, if I say that's your message, that's your message. I said, yes, sir. (laughs) Of course, that's right. (laughs) 
So no matter what you have planned, you've got to be open if you want to be led. Hebrews 11, are you there? Verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of what? Things what? When you walk with somebody by faith, you don't see them. If you and I are taking a trip together, and, uh, and I said, well, you know, I went on a trip by faith with Mike. I said, what do you mean? He wasn't there. Oh, no, he was there. I could see him sitting beside me. But we went on a trip by, I was by faith with him. Well, no, you wasn't. You saw him. He was right there. But when we say that we walk with God, he is unseen. So we walk with him by faith. One of these days we'll see him. But not now. Not yet. And uh, in uh, the fifth verse, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. How did Enoch walk with God? How did he please God? That means he didn't see God. Right? No. And didn't feel God necessarily. How did it happen? No doubt Enoch had heard about his grandparents, Adam and Eve. And about how they used to walk with God in the afternoon. And commune with God in the cool of the day. And they'd ask him questions and he'd answer them. And he got to thinking about that when he thought, well now, I want to walk with God. Well, that's all past, you know. Sin has messed everything up, and this is the way it is now. Why can't I talk to God? I want to talk to God like Papa Adam did. Yeah, but that's all changed, and that's passed away, and you can't. <laughs> See, the devil's always used the same junk, even then. But Enoch just refused to accept that. He said, well, I don't see you. And I know it ain't like when you were with Papa Adam and, and Mama Eve, but I know you are here. You made this place. You are here. You give me my next heartbeat and my next breath. So uh, I'm just going to talk to you because I know you're here and I know you can hear me. And he started communing with God by faith. Well, now here's the great thing. If you believe in God and you take steps of faith Toward him in faith, you draw near to him, you just put a law into motion. What happens after this? He will respond to you and begin to manifest himself to you. The feeling doesn't come first. The seeing doesn't come first. The faith comes first. So I don't know how long and how much he did, but he walked around out there in the woods or, or in the tent, and he talked to God, and he communed with God, and next thing you know, I don't know how long it went that way, but sufficient faith was released, sufficient drawing near for God to have a legal right to do something back to him. And he began to sense the presence of God. He thought, oh, glory to God. What have I stepped into here? Not only do I believe Jehovah's here, I sense him. So then he believes in him all the more. And he talks to him all the more. And he draws even closer. Gives God a legal right. Draw back closer to him. Manifest himself even more powerful. He thought, oh, glory to God. God's all over me. He's so real. 
And then he, he began to be cognizant of God talking to him. Maybe it wasn't as, as real and as, as pronounced at first. But as the days went by and the weeks went by and the months went by. I mean it was so real God talking to him just like human people. And he kept doing this. He kept reaching further and believing more and drawing closer. And God kept responding and kept responding until one day Enoch said, Now God, I know you've really been getting real to me, but I think I can see you. Am I looking at you? He said, yeah, you're at my house now. (laughs) He said, I don't want to go back. He said, you don't have to go back. You just stay here with me. Faith translated him. Now see, people have missed this. They said, well, you know, God just saw fit to snatch him up. Read the verse. Read the verse. How was he translated? By the predetermined will of God. No. No, it didn't say that. What did it say? By faith, Enoch was translated. Enoch initiated this. Didn't happen overnight, but it happened. Somebody said, well, I'm going to believe to get translated. No, no, don't do that. (laughs) Don't, no, uh -uh. uh-uh. That's escapism instead of evangelism. There's a lot of folk believing for Jesus to come back. Now. Today. Right now. Why? Because they owe money. <laughs> They're hurting. They're in a bad way. Jesus, please come. Come before Friday at 5 o'clock. Please. You got to come before the first of the month. Please. Please come before the 15th. Well, no. You're missing the whole point. He's coming back for a glorious church. A church that has received. A church that has got its foot on the devil's neck. Amen. And is occupying till he comes. Church in authority. Church in victory. So no, no, don't be in a rush to go. Here's where the action is. Here's where where, where the things happen that you get reward for. Don't be in a rush. I mean, you live to be over a hundred. It's nothing. It'll be here. It's gone like that. It's a vapor. Don't be in a rush to get out of here. Do a job down here. Focus. Believe God. Some of the guys that are already there, they're hollering for us. They, they, I mean, they, they, they think, oh man, they're in the action. They're on the front lines. Get after it, boys. Go. Do it. You ain't got much time. Go. Because soon enough, soon enough, we'll be in glory. We'll be there soon enough. But right now, you and I, are the latest generation that has ever lived. We're closest to the fulfillment of all things than anybody else has ever been. God could have had us born in the 1800s or 1700s or 1500s. He didn't. Now. Oh, learn to relish life. Learn to squeeze the goody out of every drop. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm going to live today. I'm going to live all day. And all night, I'm going to enjoy my life. My life's going to mean a difference. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory. Being a child of God, having authority. Oh, we're, we're in the thick of it. We're on the front line. Glory. Are you at least a little bit excited about that? I hadn't got out of my introduction yet. He said, 
But without faith, it's impossible to please him, to please God. For he that, that what? I got through describing it in a different language, but that's what Enoch did, wasn't it? He came to God. How? How can, you can't go to heaven. How, how can you come to God? By faith. Amen. By faith. He that cometh to God must what? Believe. believe that he is. He that hears from the Holy Ghost must believe, believe that the Holy Ghost is. Yes. And you must believe he is in you. Yes. And he is real. Yes. And he will lead you. Amen. And you must respect and reverence what he has to say. That's the first step. You must believe it. Everybody said out loud, I believe God is. I believe God the Holy Spirit is. What else must you believe? And that he is a rewarder. That word's also translated repayer. He, he's a responder. You reach up in faith, what happens next? He reaches back. Amen. You draw near to him. We've already quoted it in James. You draw near to him. What? And you got to believe that. See, there's millions of people that believe. Why, why go to church this morning? There's a bunch of people who could have come to church here. From Branson and Springfield and, and Harrison all around. And, and not that they're committed in another church. They just don't go anywhere. Why? They don't, what's the use? What's the use? Maybe they went to church for years. Didn't feel like it did them any good. What's the use? Why, why pray? They don't pray anymore? Why? Why pray? God's going to do what he wants to anyway. <laughs> What's the use? They do not believe he is a rewarder of those that seek him. They don't believe it will do any good. I do. Huh? Come on, tell me. How about you? I believe you reach out to God, he reaches back. You pray, he will hear you. You believe him, he will come through for you. You claim the money to pay your bills, he will get it to you. You claim your healing, he will heal your body. I believe he's a good God. He exists, he is God, he is good, and he will respond to you. The Holy Spirit will respond to you, to your faith in him. We didn't read it, but the text I had you previously turned to, 2 Corinthians 13, it talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The communion. Well, communion is not a one-way deal. Fellowship is not a one-way deal. It's two ways. It is reciprocal. When you fellowship with somebody, now some, a few people haven't found this out yet, but fellowship is not one person doing all the talking and the other person never saying a word. Don't punch anybody. Don't elbow anybody. Just look straight ahead and go, Amen. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is sharing. Communion. You talk, they listen. They talk, you listen. Right? A sharing. Can we have that with the Holy Spirit? I talk, he listens. And more importantly, he talks, I listen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can he become so real to us that we know he's hearing us? And then we are cognizant and aware that we are hearing him. Well, in Romans, turn back there. Romans 8.16 we read. Great revelation about how he communicates to us. As a teenager, 
I became convinced that if I could hear from God, I had it made. Totally convinced of that. I guess I was about 16 or so. I became completely convinced that if I could hear from God, I had it made. Because I already had decided I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And how many believe if you hear from God and you do what he tells you to do, you're not going to fail. You do what God tells you to do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to overcome. Amen. Amen. You're going to be, you're going to have success after success. And now a few years later, I know it's true. Amen. Amen. It's a fact. You learn how to hear from God and obey him. You got it made. I said, you got it made. And, uh, one of the big things to learn is how the Holy Spirit communicates with us. How? And one of the biggest uh, words you can learn and understand about this is witness. Witness. Because this scripture said, verse 16, the Spirit himself does what? Bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. Now you already know this. This is not something that you've never experienced. If you are born again, you know the witness of the Spirit. How many believe you are born again? You know you're born again. You, and you know when it happened. Most of you. I mean, there's a few examples of children that are really, really young and don't remember all about it. But especially if you're of any age, you know. I was 12. Walked down the aisle in a Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptists. And got born again. Actually, my dad got up and walked the aisle. And my dad's my hero. And I figure, if he needs to do this, I must need to do this. And I followed him right to the altar. He got born again. I got born again. I remember the next day, Monday morning, at school, everybody looked different to me. Even the people I thought I didn't like. Somewhere or another, I liked them now. Why? They didn't change. I changed. I'm different. But I had the witness inside me that something had happened to me. I didn't understand it. But I believed something happened to me and I knew God. I believed I'd go to heaven if I died. What did I have according to this? I had the witness of the Holy Spirit bearing witness with my spirit. Oh, friend, you, you, you get a hold of this, this will change your life forever. If you learn how God communicates to you. Here it is in a nutshell the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Not your head, not your flesh, not your emotions. How, how many understand? This, none of this is external. This is all internal. Doesn't bear witness with your reasoning. Doesn't bear witness with your intellect. You understand that those are some of the most difficult people to help. People who are prideful of their intellect. Some of the most difficult people to help. They think they know so much. And they're so pitifully ignorant. I've had any number of times people want to come argue with me about the Bible or something. Well, when I was young and dumb, I did some of that. But I've learned that primarily this is a waste of time. And it's not my job to convince everybody. 
It's not my job to prove to you that this or that is right. It's my job to preach it. Amen. Proclaim it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you believe it, wonderful. If you don't, it's not my job to make you believe. The Holy Ghost himself is not going to make you believe. Amen. If you don't want to believe, you won't. You want to disagree, you want to argue. But I've learned not to waste my time arguing. Amen. People say, well, I don't believe that. I go, okay, I do. Next. <laughs> well, prove it to me. I don't have to. No. First of all, you'd have to be open to believing it, or I'd be completely wasting my time to even talk to you. That's another subject. There's numerous references in the book of Proverbs about this. It says, when you don't perceive in somebody knowledge and wisdom, he said, walk away from them. Read some of these scriptures and understand some of this. People want to fight and argue. There's no profit in that. There's no benefit in that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Well, they don't believe right. Well, you don't believe right about everything either. Nobody you knows. Nobody you knows. <laughs> well, y'all knows what I was talking about, didn't you? <laughs> I'm from Mississippi, okay? Nobody you know is right about everything. Nobody. What about my favorite preacher? Them either. Even the Apostle Paul said we know in part. Doesn't mean there's parts he didn't know. Nobody you know, you yourself included, is right about everything. So don't act like you are. The witness of the Spirit is the means of communication. It's how you know. He bears witness with what part of your being? Your spirit. Now, if I'm going to call you, if I said, uh, if I said, Mo, I'm going to call you, you know, Monday afternoon, then should Mo go and stand by the refrigerator and wait to hear from me? Huh? Should he go wait by the lawnmower? No. What should he wait by? The phone, because that's how I'm going to call him. Is through the phone. He won't hear me through the refrigerator. He could hug the refrigerator. He could be inside the refrigerator. But he's not going to hear me. Because that's not how. I'm going to communicate with him. I'm going to communicate with him. Through the phone. What agency does the Holy Ghost. Communicate with you through. Your spirit. So I see right here we see what a big problem is. A lot of people don't even know they are a spirit. They're not aware of their spirit. Like Brother Kenneth Hagin said for so many years, he said, you know, society has spent millions and, and really billions and billions on the development of the human mind and spent billions on the development of the human body, but pretty much ignored the human spirit. And that's the most important part of our being. So many people don't even know they are a spirit. You are a, you're not just a mind and a body. You're a spirit. Created in the image and likeness of God. You have a mind. You have a body. But God communicates to you not through your head. That's where it don't, you know, babies and, and carnal people that are primarily carnal, they try to hear from God either through their head, their intellect, or through their feelings. And I know because I did. And when the Lord was dealing with me about the ministry, I had not a clue I was called to ministry to preach and teach. Oh, no, I didn't have not a clue of that. But something went right and I wasn't satisfied and I began to seek God. 
But I wanted him to talk to me. I thought, well, now, God, what's going on here? Talk to me. And I'm wanting to hear something out here. I'm wanting to see something. I'm wanting to feel something. Why? Because I'm carnal, so I gravitate to the natural. But God is spirit, isn't he? How is he going to communicate with us? Through our spirit. Don't try to hear voices. Did you hear me? Don't try. There are many voices in the world. And certainly not all God. Don't try to go by feelings. Well, well, I, I just had a hot flash. I had a cold flash. <laughs> well, that could be hormones. Or too cold or too hot temperature. I don't know, but don't go by feelings. And don't just go by somebody else that, that you think can hear from God. Well, they, they, they thought the same thing I did. Well, both of you could be wrong. Did you hear me? I've seen it. People say, just because somebody else had the same thought you had, doesn't make it the Holy Ghost. Now, there can be confirmation. I don't you know that. But don't just assume because two or three people's thought of the same thing. Well, that's got to be God. The enemy can bring thoughts to people's minds too. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Listen to the definition of this word. This is so significant. The word witness here, it literally means to testify, get this now, not just to testify, to testify jointly. To testify jointly, it means to corroborate by concurrent evidence. It's a legal term, too. We use it today. Witness. We call this witness to the stand. Well, what, what is a witness? A witness is somebody that knows something. They can affirm, they can avouch of something they have seen or heard or something they know by some other means. Well, this person's going to be a witness about this accident. Well, did they see the accident? No. Were they there? No. How could they be a witness? A witness has got to know something about it. Right? They saw it. They were there. They knew. A witness. You and I are called to be witnesses. Right? You can only witness what you see and know. You can't be a witness of Jesus. You don't know him. You've not been born again. Jesus himself is called a witness. The faithful witness. The faithful and true witness. The Holy Ghost is a witness and witnesser. And and get this now, the word co, co co-witness. The Holy Ghost witnesses with. Witnesses with. There's somebody inside you besides you. Now that you're born again. Right? You know, stand up here just a minute, Brother Dave. If Brother Dave was telling you something, and he said, just face the crowd if you would. He said, uh, he said, yeah, we saw that, and that's how it happened, and it was this much money, and he's telling you. That's a witness. One witness. But what if I step up behind him, I said, yeah, I was there. And what he's telling you is exactly right. 
Now we got more than a wit- one witness. We got two witnesses. And I am co-witnessing with what he told you. And how many understand in the Old Testament, in the Gospels, in the New Testament, you see this phrase come up again and again and again in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Some of you getting it already. You're already ahead of me just a little bit. Friend, you've got to learn to not just do things based on what you think alone. You look for the witness. You watch for the witness. You, something seems good to you and you think, yeah, yeah, this seems like the thing to do. But you learn, I don't have that other witness yet. That's me. But then there's somebody else who lives inside you. And you're looking for the two witnesses. Did you hear me? Not just what you think, but when the Holy Ghost stands up on the inside of you and goes, yeah, that's it. Well, I was thinking that was it, but then, yep, that's it. And you know, you got a witness inside you beside your own heart. A co-witnessing. Has anybody ever experienced this? Something as simple as picking out something. You're picking out something and you look, well, I like that color. Well, yeah, but see, that's just you. Well, I like that model. I like that real good. Yeah, but that's just you. Well, I like, oh, that's, that's nice. I like that. But then you look, at, you look at one and you like it. And then there's something else inside you. A witness. Co-witness. And you think, oh, yeah, now this has got to be it. I hadn't had a witness on any of these others, but I had a witness on this. An affirmation. Now, you can get a witness about something you don't like with your head. Your heart knows things your head don't know. You can be excited about something in your heart that your head is still going, what? What? You got all this excitement in your heart and in your heart's, you, your, your spirit's excited and the Holy Spirit's agreeing with you. Witness. And in your head you're going, what? What? But you learn to just go, glory, I just shout anyway. What are you shouting about? I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> and you'll find out. I said, you'll find, it won't be long, you'll find out. Oh, the witness. Is anybody here besides me excited about the witness? I'm, man, this is how I endeavor to live. From the time I get up in the morning, I mean, little things. I'm riding my motorcycle. Should I go north or south to blow leaves off the road? The Bible talks about being rain trained, like on a horse. He said, don't be like the horse or the mule that you have to put a bit in their mouth. And you have to yank on. People say, well, i got to see a burning bush for me to do that. Well, you're being mulish. (laughs) You're being stubborn and hard-headed. I mean, don't be like that. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you do something. But how many... Horse people do we have in here? You know, know a little something about horses? Do you know what rain train is? Rain trained. It's kind of like power steering on a horse. <laughs> you got a good horse that's trained well and rain trained. You can just lay that rain 
on that horse's neck. And that horse's big, thick skin, all that muscle in his neck. You know that little old rain? He must barely feel that. But when he senses the slight weight of that little bitty piece of leather strap, he knows that means go right. No, no tugging, no jerking, no pulling. And he, he, you lay that rein on the other side and he just turns his head and goes that way. Rain trained. Oh, friend, you and I can develop to where we sense the Holy Ghost in us and we don't have to figure it out or reason it out. We just go that way. Wind up in some good places. We just say that and go there and do this and sow that. Give this. And he's setting us up, setting us up, leading us, leading us. How many of you follow? You learn to follow the Holy Ghost leading. He will lead you right out of sickness into healing and health. He will lead you right out of poverty and debt. He will. Give here. Sow here. Buy this. Now hold it. Now sell it. No, don't sell it now. Do this. Invest in this. He will lead you. Brother Hagin said in one of the visions, Brother Kenneth Hagin, he said one of the visions, it startled him. He said the Lord told him at the end of it about how, learning how to be led by the Spirit. He said, if you'll learn how to follow my Spirit, I'll make you rich. He'd never heard that in his circles. And the Lord said, well, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to their being covetous. Amen. And he'd usually shout about it, how that he did. And the Lord did. And he was. Amen. Amen. This is for everybody. Every child of God has a right. Thank you, Master. Go with me to Hebrews, and I think this will set us up. We want to receive communion this morning. And I want you to see the connection between what communion represents, Hebrews 9, and what we're talking about. I'll have to get into more of this next week perhaps. But you'll find in the book of Romans, we read Romans 8, 14, 15, 16. But in the ninth chapter of Romans, 9, 1, and in the second chapter of Romans 2, 15, and in the first chapter of Romans, Romans 1, 8, and 9, he talks about the witness. Every one of those places, the witness, the witness. And in connection with the witness, he talks about conscience my conscience bearing me witness remember that phrase so that's Romans 9 and in Romans 2.15 he talked about individuals who didn't know the law they didn't know the word of the day but they did the things that were found in the word why because their conscience bore them witness and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or excusing Does this sound familiar to anybody about getting things in your heart and maybe having to try to deal with it in your head? And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, you don't have to turn there, many of you know it. Hebrews 4, 12, the Word of God is quick, it's alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of what? Soul and spirit. And joint and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts. That's of the mind. And intents. Of the heart. Does does that sound familiar from Proverbs? Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart. Lean not to your own. 
understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your past. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? Being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Not head led. Not reasoning led. He didn't lead us through our intellect. He leads us through our spirit. Oh, hallelujah. There's a wealth of revelation about this in that Hebrews 4. What is a picture of spirit and soul? Joint and marrow. People say, well, it's hard to understand the difference. Well, it is some mystery about that to us. But he gave us an example right there. And it's one of the few places that he mentions uh, soul first. Usually I always see spirit, soul, and body, like 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Always spirit first, then soul. But why this? Oh, I've, I've started something now, haven't I? Spirit, so he says, soul, discerner of the soul and the spirit and the joint and the marrow. See, joint corresponds with soul, marrow corresponds with spirit. The marrow is what's inside, the bone. The bone's what surrounds the marrow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, 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 and there will be mystery about spirit and soul, probably. Till we meet Jesus and he'll be telling us more about it. But God leads us and bears witness with his spirit in our spirit. And it talks about, well, let me just read it to you without you turning there. In Romans, the ninth chapter in the first verse that I referred to, don't try to turn there. But he said, my conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. My what? Conscience. Well, what is conscience then? You know, for people that say they don't believe in God, that, well, we're, we're scientific people, and, and we, if we can't sit under a microscope, then we don't believe in it. If we can't prove it with uh, definite physical tests, then I can't believe in something. Well, ask them, do they believe in a conscience? And, and are they going to admit to you that they have no conscience? Do you have a conscience? Ask them. Where's it at? Show me. Prove it to me. Let's do some tests. Let's put it on a slide. Show me a conscience slide. They can't. But they believe it. I mean, they'll talk about it all day long. So-and-so had no conscience. Look at their what? Where's their conscience? Well, see, you've, done, you've already gotten into spiritual things now when you start talking about conscience. Some have said conscience is the voice of the Spirit. I think that's a good phrase. Conscience is the expression of the Spirit. So if you want to be sensitive to God, you must keep a clear conscience. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. We're going to talk about this, but I'm excited because I've got already two really solid things that will help you practically. Things you can do in your life, adjustments you can make, practical application that will immediately increase your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Just keep coming. We'll get into it. But in Hebrews 9, are you there? Hebrews 9, 
He said, verse 9, verse 8, actually he was uh, talking about the Holy Ghost. Verse 7, he's talking about the blood, the Holy Ghost signifying the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Verse 9, that's a figure of things. The gifts and sacrifices could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to what? Conscience. And he goes on to say that we've been redeemed and washed, verse 12, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh... How much more shall the blood of Christ, the anointed one, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? What can purge your conscience? Only the blood. From dead works to serve the living God. Go to the 10th chapter real quickly. 10. 10 and 1. The law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there too perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had what? No more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins. Every year, it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Now skip down to the verse uh, 17. He said, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. For where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he's consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. See, we're talking about drawing near earlier, weren't we? Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When people are born again, like little children in the natural, their spirits are sensitive to the Holy Ghost. When people are first born again, did you know that? Their hearts are tender and their spirits are sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And that's the way it's supposed to remain and just increase. But most people do some wrong things and and don't listen to the Lord. And allow their self to be dulled and violate their own conscience in different things. And that makes one dull to the leadings of the Lord. And if your conscience bothers you, it's going to hinder your faith. It's going to hinder your being led. And friend, no amount of sitting on a couch uh, and, and going through your past will cleanse a guilty conscience. No amount of counseling, no amount of talk and rehashing history will purge your conscience. There's nothing, nothing in this world, nothing in anybody's mind that can purge and cleanse another's conscience. But there is something that will. It's the blood. I said it's the blood of the spotless one 
the Lamb of God, the Most High. I don't care if you've been rolling on the bed in the nighttime, gripping your stomach. I don't care if you feel terrible, if you feel lousy, if you feel like a bad man, a bad woman, a bad mother, a bad father, a bad husband, a bad wife. And if your conscience has just bothered you until you've been crippled by it, there is cleansing. There is something powerful enough to take that guilt away. To take that embarrassment and shame and intimidation away. Hallelujah. So that you can step up with boldness. You can hold up your head and be unashamed and get sensitive again. I said sensitive again. Tender again. Observing the conscience again. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.